tried to come to a quiet corner of Melbourne Park uh, for this. There aren't many quiet corners of Melbourne Park. It's one of the great things about it. As you may have heard by now, um, we were all rocked by news on Wednesday that Mike Dixon has died. Dicko, uh, as everyone knew him except his wife Lucy, who called him Ginge usually, was 59 years old and leaves behind three children and an enormous hole in so many people's lives. He was the Daily Mail's tennis correspondent for a long time. He also covered cricket and, in the words of his wife, spent 38 years travelling the globe, living his dream. (sighs) He was a big fan of the podcast. Um, He was always supportive of it. I actually was going to ask him to come on next week uh, when things got a bit quieter. Um, I'm desperately sad that we will never have the chance to do that now. His review was always or often quite similar. He'd tell me how much he enjoyed listening to your mate Calvin uh, and George trying to be funny and occasionally succeeding. Um, For people who don't know, British journalists operate as a and a lot of national sort of groups operate as a pack on tour when we're away at these events. Uh, we all have desks next to each other in the media centre. Dicko, Dicko's two over to my left. Um, we all tend to go out for dinner to, or drinks together after work because we tend to be covering the same stories or similar ones. Um, and it's a strange existence because we're all simultaneously in competition with each other but also kind of acting in concert on certain things and, and helping each other with a, a source or a contact or, you know, verifying some stats or whatever. Um, and when you're thousands of miles away from home for weeks at a time, uh, it, it turns into a bit of a family, really. I always felt in that family that Dicko was the father figure. Um, it, it wasn't always the case. I think he only recently became the senior British journalist working the tennis beat um, but in my time, he was the father of the house, and he, I think, fitted that role because he had a lovely, easygoing, avuncular kind of charm and warmth that everyone recognised. And when I say everyone, in tennis terms, I really do mean everyone. Everyone knew Dicko, and Dicko knew everyone. You only had to mention a name of someone or anyone in tennis. And he would freely volunteer a story of having played golf with their father or having bumped into them in Sainsbury's or just as likely having had them to stay at his house. Uh, But it was never because he wanted to drop a name or, you know, show off or reinforce his own importance. It was just who he was. A great raconteur. Um, When I first started covering tennis, I was pretty intimidated by Dicko. His work was the best around. Everyone respected his opinion, certainly in tennis terms. Um... And so he was an intimidating figure, and I, I was worried if I crossed him that that would be the end of my career. Um, and I actually thought I had done exactly that when we got chatting for the first time properly. It was at Wimbledon, after a day's play, having a beer around the side of Centre Court. And um, I, I mentioned that my two childhood heroes were Michael Owen and Michael Vaughan. And... Um, it was a bit of a shame, and it's a, it's a set-piece gag that I tell, that they both turned out to be such knobheads. Um, and Dicko sort of diplomatically pointed out that he actually rather liked Vaughan uh, and had ghost-written his autobiography and 
we regularly have dinner or lunch with him. Um, I know they had lunch a couple of days ago here in Melbourne, actually. Um, fortunately, he didn't hold that faux pas against me. And uh, a few days later, George reported back to me that he had in parting said that that James Gray seems like a nice chap. Um, I don't know if he was being nice or polite or telling the truth. I hope it was the last of those. Um, but it was the most supreme compliment. And it, I knew that it was an important moment in terms of making connections within tennis. Um, the funny thing about Dicko and, and one of the great qualities is that you could have disagreements with him about almost anything and you could disagree with him agreeably. Um, one of the last conversations I had with him it was about the BBC uh, and what he thought had gone wrong with it and um, particularly the sports coverage and, and you know what he thought they did well and what they thought they did badly and, and we I couldn't have disagreed with him more to be honest but we had a sort of robust debate and conversation and, and then moved on to the wine list um, where he was always the expert and knows a good glass of red wine when he sees one I'm indebted to him for his tips on that um, it didn't matter that we had different views from each other sometimes on the biggest issues in life I mean politically we, we couldn't have come from more different ends of the spectrum um, but it didn't matter there are so many tributes and obits out there already uh, that will far surpass anything I can tell you about Dicko because there are so many that knew him so much better than me I spent the last five or six years getting to know him though and we shared meals, matches, whinges, ice creams, beers, glasses of wine, even the odd cigarette when we both still smoked. He was an exceptionally kind and big-hearted man who would always help if he could. I have a wonderful memory of his generosity and hospitality uh, from last summer when I was covering the open golf just outside of Liverpool where he's from and we were sitting at his wife's parents house in Hoylake they live just behind I think the 13th tee or something and it has amazing views out across the estuary to North Wales I was a bit reluctant to go when I bumped into him because he too he loved his golf and he too was covering the open and I thought he was just being polite by inviting me after the day's play but he insisted and was, as always, the perfect host. Our glasses were never empty of rosé. I heard all the stories of how he and Lucy met. Um, I met one of his children, who turned up rather drunk <laughs> that afternoon. Uh, and then we polished off a few bottles and I headed back to where I was staying in Chester. Um, I didn't drive, I should say. Dicko was a brilliant journalist. I'm sure lots of other people have said it, but he really was. In equal measure, firm and fair. And he was an invaluable tour mate. Russell Fuller of the BBC called him our social secretary. And that was exactly it. He knew the importance of spending time together away from the tennis court or the media room and of enjoying ourselves outside of the long hours we were working. And it's fitting that he spent his last evening writing thousands of words for the mail and then having a few glasses of wine in a place called Penny Black's in Melbourne which is one of the late watering holes that we tend to frequent here because of the hours.
he kept us all going when the going got tough and we were forever grateful for that I shall desperately miss his good humour his laugh his stories, his impressions um, his knowledge and his wisdom there will never be another dicko so yeah I've been <laughs> trying to think of some words to kind of say about dicko um, I was in total shock yesterday if I'm honest um, saw him a few weeks ago as his usual friendly warm um, welcoming self um, you know actually I've got a nice picture of, a, of us together kind of final time I saw him just uh, having a shot looking very kind of smiley and happy um, and yeah maybe we can share that on the on the Twitter feed or something but yeah I, <laughs> I, I I can't really capture all the feelings I have about Dicko. I mean, I, first and foremost, I had just the mo- kind of the utmost respect about him. When I first came onto the tennis scene, he he was obviously one of the writers I knew all about. Had been kind of in awe of a lot of his work. You could tell from afar just how well um, kind of ingrained in the tennis world he had. What amazing sources he had, the sort of stories and ability to kind of write um, with such knowledge, um, which I think as kind of a young journalist can be a bit intimidating. So to actually meet this guy and then him really want to kind of take an interest in what I was doing, which, you know, completely paled in comparison to what he'd been doing over the years, um, kind of straight from the off was, yeah, it's just really lovely and to be honest quite quite alien to a lot of the the wider journalism world where in many ways you kind of have to earn your stripes first i think dicko has always been someone to reach out and it's been i think quite comforting um seeing the kind of streams of tweets and things from from other other kind of younger people in the in the sport who have kind of spoken that big you know that conversation he'd had with them where he'd kind of welcomed them in and been interested in what they were doing. I think, you know, sometimes that's under, understated how much that, that can mean to, to different people. Um, you know, the, the, the outpouring more generally has been incredible and really kind of speaks to what I think those of us who knew him pretty well um, felt and I guess maybe hadn't re- realised to a degree of how, how widely he was loved by so many different people um you know for me for me personally he really gave me a lot of um <clears throat> a good sage advice throughout my career you know he had such wonderful stories about times on the tour um and we you know made some fun stories together um him and kevin mitchell used to kind of establish what was called a bridgehead um at, at a bar nearby while the rest of us kind of finished up um they often finish earliest because they just presumably been doing it so long and knew knew the game and what to to kind of do. Um, yeah, I've, you know, I've stayed stayed at his house before. I've met his family lots of times. Um, got a really lovely wife, Lucy. Uh, three great kids who he just absolutely loved and adored, and would kind of always give you updates on what they were up to. Um, 
you know, he, he, he's going to be terribly, terribly, terribly missed. And um, yeah, I, I think I, I can't really imagine what it's been like for the people who have actually been out there this week. Um, you know, to kind of see him one day, presumably, you know, his desk to be empty at the press centre. Um, you know, it, it must just be such a shock and so hard to kind of go back to kind of working in those conditions as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going to remember him impossibly fondly from various different <laughs> times we had together, um, different bars, different cities, different jokes, but really just that kind of warm, uh, slightly toothy smile. Um, he used to call me Bomber sometimes, literally because I bought a Bomber jacket at one tournament. And um, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's, he, he just had such an amazing kind of warmth and connection with different people. But probably the kind of professional um, thing that sticks out for me is I think it's when Joe Salisbury kind of came on the scene and none of us had really met him that much. It was quite like a sudden rise. And I was walking back from a kind of interview room with Dicker and Joe and just really seeing him make that early connection with someone. And, you know, he was always, I think, a very kind of fair journalist. He built contacts brilliantly. You know, he always said every year he aims to have like one new really strong contact that he develops from his time on the tour, which, you know, in some ways sounds like quite a modest um thing to get but you know he was such a good relationship builder had you know so many kind of wide uh, reaches into the into the sport as a whole and um i think it was just kind of part of the furniture as well so yeah i've i've probably waffled a little bit there and not been particularly precise it's been just really really quite shocking but um i, I i'm gonna really miss him um i think you know I'm not, I'm not around the thick of it as much as I was previously, but whenever I do go to events, whenever I do kind of catch up with other guys out there, um, other people who I know uh, are just so grateful to him for kind of his input into their careers as well, like you know, Stu Fraser, Simon Briggs, people like that. Um, you know, he, he's always been just such a, a good companion, great knowledge of wine and things like that. Um, yeah, I, he, he will just be so horribly missed and you know his writing clearly touched so many people as well um you know the amount of respect he's had from people online is i've never seen anything like it for another journalist so yeah i guess um rest in peace dicko um yeah can miss you a lot